Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Global Chris Media presents Keys to the City. We're streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. So comment, like, subscribe, or share. What a weekend we got for you in the NFL. We're going to start off with baseball because there is a much, much needed race going on. And a huge race in the AL. I know that the NL has their own little race going on. But the AL East specifically has a huge race going on with three teams fighting for two Wild card spots. We'll talk about Aaron Rodgers. Is he more worried about what the media thinks of his perception? Or should he be worrying more about his play? We'll also talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Have they finally maybe met their true matchup in the Los Angeles Rams? And the New York Giants, once again, struggling off to start off the season 0-2. Could they go 0-3? And what does that mean for Big Blue's future? But, like we said, we're going to start off in the diamond because there is a huge rivalry in baseball, one of the biggest rivalries in all sports, as we know. And this year it doesn't get any better. As you have coming down to the final 10 games left in the MLB season, and we have a battle for two wild card spots right now, two wild card positions, and that's what it comes down to. It's the New York Yankees versus the Boston Red Sox versus also the Toronto Blue Jays. We're going to add in the Blue Jays because they are the third team, and they are right on the cusp of making that second wild card. So the Yanks have struggled entirely this entire season, it seems like, against only the AL East. Well, we come into this game, tonight's game, starting a huge three-game series, a six-game road trip against their, their final nine games are brutal as they finish off with the three teams that they've had the most trouble with this entire season in the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, and then they finish off with the team that's going to win the AL East once again, the Tampa Bay Rays. So, guys, I'm going to start off with Joe on this point. What must we see from the Yanks versus the Sox? Well, you know, here's an interesting fact about the Yankees. They're 10-49 and when they're down three runs at any point in a game that's the fourth best record in baseball. I don't want to see the Yankees fall behind, although that seems to be their recipe to win, especially when it comes to the Red Sox. Yeah. Uh, I think especially you can't waste Garrett Cole start. This, this can't be a loss. This can't, I mean, they, they've got to win the, the game tonight. That's an absolute, I think that sets the stage and, Again, the, the the pitching matchup the rest of the weekend I think favors Boston. So if I mean, if but, I'm the Yankees, got it, got to get tonight. I mean, I'd like to. I think you got to sweep this series. I think you got to sweep this one and take two or three from the next because the last series you're looking at maybe taking one out of those three. You you're gonna need you're gonna need five wins before you get to Tampa or you're done. I agree with that. Absolutely. I mean, here, here's the thing. You got Evaldi versus Cole tonight. So, you know, Trev, we talked about this when, last year when the Yankees had signed Garrett Cole to the huge deal. This is what you pay $325 million for. You're ace in the hole. You know what I mean? You're waiting for the river card and Texas Hold'em. People, if you know, if you play poker, you know what I'm talking about. This, this has to be Cole's best outing of the season or one of the best outings 
He's got to give us an opportunity. It can't be like the last couple starts. Even though he's still in the run for Cy Young, and I was just looking at it, Garrett Cole and Nathan Avali are two actually ranked one and two in war among AL pitchers. I know Joe loves that stat. Um, but listen, maybe we're on maybe we're on the upstick, you know, and I say that with guard of streaking. We've talked about it consistently from day one. This team is a roller coaster. Lose 20 out of like 30, win the next 40 out of 50. You know what I mean? So we just swept Texas. It wasn't pretty, but we got the job done, something that we don't do a lot of this season. For some reason, we can't sweep teams. But hopefully this is the streak where Joe says you win. Even if you win two out of three against – you're going to have to win at least two out of three in all these series. I think – You also have to take in consideration just like Garrett Cole. Last time we saw Cole, he got absolutely roughed up by the, which, by the Cleveland Which Indians. means you can only go up from there. So here's a stat that I think is pretty interesting and a, a good telling story of the Yankees. You look at the Yankees overall throughout the AL this year. They're 22-10 and 10 against the AL Central, 22-12 and 12 against the West, 12-8 and 8 in interleague. But when it matters the most, and we've talked about this, we talk about this in football, you got to win your division first before you can win your conference to get to the Super Bowl and, and so on, so on, World Series. They're 30-37 and 37 against the AL East. You know, you look at some of the games, you know, you go back and we've talked about them weekly on the shows, you know, how many games did we blow against the Red Sox? How many games did we blow against the Rays where, like, we wouldn't be in this position? Now, Joe, do you remember – about three, four weeks ago, we were talking about where the Yankees would need to be to make the playoffs. Wasn't it like 92, 93 wins? Yep. So that's six, seven more wins. They're, they're going to have to win two out of three, and I think it starts tonight. They have to win tonight. Because if they don't, you're playing for the second wild card. I think tonight, if you win tonight, you still have a chance to get that um, whole field advantage. Now, I think to the Yankees' point – I think it's betterment that the Yankees are on the road this week and the series is not at Yankee Stadium because it puts you against the wall. Puts you in the, it puts you – remember Sags used to say, like a dog cornered? It's you against the world. The Yankees got to look at like, listen, we don't have any home field advantage. We have nothing. Everyone doesn't doesn't think we're going to make it. You look at a lot of the ESPN predictor guys that – they don't think the Yankees are going to make it. Fangraphs thinks the Yankees have a 41% chance of making the playoffs. Considering both the Rays, I mean, excuse me, the Blue Jays and the Red Sox still have played the Orioles. So it has to start tonight, and your best players have to come. We, I mean, no one repeating myself, but your best players have to come through. Okay. Garrett Cole has to be the has to be the best pitcher in baseball. Judge has to play like the MVP candidate because you know guys like Bogart's endeavors are going to play really well. Guys that you traded for, Rizzo, you know, Gallo. We, we, we can't be 0 for 3 with 3Ks. We have to be clutch, and we have to be flawless on defense. This is this is plain and simple a win-or-go-home series for the New York Yankees. It, it, it doesn't – you don't need to think about anything else after this series. You don't need to think about the Blue Jays or the Rays. If they lose this series and if they lose 2 or 3, you can pack your bags. I, I don't care. I, I just see that this season's – oh, it comes to a conclusion because – this is this is your golden opportunity. You want to be you want to get to the playoffs. What better way than to well go against three of the top teams in the AL? You're going against the best team in the AL during this nine game games left. Then you're going to play the team that you your arch enemy, the Boston Red Sox. And then you play the team that finally has put it all together with that young great talent in the Toronto Blue Jays. Guess what? There's no time for excuses. 
There's no time for, oh, well, we'll play better next time. No, that's it's literally what I say all the time. It's put up or shut up. It's a win or go home series. If they lose this series, you can kiss it goodbye. You can kiss Aaron, Aaron Boone's experience with the Yankees, gone. Then this team will start figuring out what they have to do. And according to Yankees, the Yankee fans, they're going to sign every free agency this year because that's what us Yankee fans think. That's how that's how I, that's how idiotic we sound as Yankee fans. Let's just go get Salvador. Sure. Let's, let's, just go get, let's just go get Matt Olson. Jeff, can, can you just stop with that? Because I, it, that's all for comments because I follow an NBA page. No, there's actually Someone people, there's actually people that think this is a scary thing. No, no. I think, think listen, that's just people saying like Skip Bayless saying stupid crap. Just to get a rile. Do you realize I was following one of the NBA pages? Do you know someone asked if Lamelo Ball is better than Magic Johnson? Someone asked if, uh, or whoever the Ball kid is, the one that plays for the Pelicans now for the Bulls. Doesn't matter what ball it is. Put all three balls together. They ain't better than Magic Johnson. On his best, they had his father in there. You but all, 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 this, this is a winner go home series for the New York Yankees. Nothing to get the job done. It's no more inconsistent play. You want to be, you want to get to the playoffs. Well, it starts tonight. And you got Garrett Cole going. You got your workhorse. You got your alpha guy going. It's time to put up or shut up. And if you don't want to, well, then pack your bags, say goodnight, and get ready for next season because this is the idea. This is what you want to see if you're a New York Yankee fan. You want to get to the World Series, if you want to beat the teams like the Astros, the Dodgers, the White Sox, just teams like that, big-time teams, then you're going to have to go against this this rough patch right here, which is this nine-game skid, or I shouldn't, I'm not even say skid, but just this nine games of going again. I feel like the Yankees keep losing. every. I know they just won three games, but the way they've been playing this year, and I've been saying it every day, is just or every show – it's just the inconsistency. There's no more time for inconsistency. They need to just go out there, play their game, and hope that let's see if it all all the chips fall to fall in their lap. Because they are playing, I don't know if you realize Joe read the article. The Yankees next three opponents all are one, two, and three in the and uh runs scored in major league baseball. The top three scoring teams in baseball are in the AL East, and they don't include the New York Yankees. The Yankees are 20th in Major League Baseball. I'll say one other thing because I know Joe will have an opinion on this. Aaron Boots coaches for his job as well. He's got to make smart decisions, and we talked about it last week. If it comes down to having the lead in the game, make some defensive substitutions, give up the bat for defense because defense is just as important late in the game as – Pitching and hitting, just like football, special teams is just as important as offense and defense. Yeah, uh, I mean, 100% right. This has got to be one of those series where, and he does this sometimes, where Aaron Boone starts trying to outmanage himself. We don't need that. And and you're right. You know what? You start the game off. Uh, you know, with uh, with Sanchez and 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 Glaber in the field, and end it with Tyler Wade and Kyle Agasioka. I'm fine with that. Um, you know, they, the Yankees, uh, look, uh, the, uh, the other night, uh, again, Gary on the bench. Uh, him and Agasioka, the first Yankee catcher teammates to have uh, extra base hit, RBI in the same game ever. Crazy. Uh, I want to take back something I said. I did say the rest of this series favors Boston, and I, I don't know that that's true. Garrett Cole, 0-2, 720 ERA in two starts against the Red Sox. But you do have Nestor Cortez, the de facto ace, 
going on Saturday. And Jordan Montgomery, who's got the fourth lowest ERA in the American League since the All-Star break, pitches on Sunday night. So well, hey, I listen, take that back. Well, here's the other thing, and I, I know Trevor wants to finish this up quick. The Yankees are – sadly, but, you know, they are getting a back. All the big guns are coming back. You got Cooper back. You have Severino looked good the other night. Chapman looks like he's back on, you know, the top of the mountain, or at least for now. Eliza, I mean, all the big guns that we thought we were going to have at the beginning of the season are all back. So, you know, let's rock and roll, and let's see what happens. Uh, by the way, 139 games played for Aaron Judge, 130 for Giancarlo Stanton. So let's cut the uh, injury-prone bomb yeah, idea. They've been, they've been uh, over. huge for the Yankees this season. And, and Stanton's a better player when he can play the outfield. And, and I, I think, think the Yankees he, have to consider that going down the road to start him slow in April, you know, maybe once or twice a day. And as the season goes on two times a day, three times a day, because I'd like to see him play the field more. And I think, I think next year the Yankees should go judge and center with Gallo and stand in the outfield and have whoever your fourth outfielder is going to be. If it's Greg Allen or one of the other younger the guys, Yankee, Yankee fans need to stop worrying about Aaron judge and John Carlos Stanton struggling. Those guys have come up clutch for the New York Yankees this year. And let's hope that they get to the playoffs so they can continue that clutch streak that they've been giving us all season. Speaking about worrying, we talk about athletes nowadays. There's some athletes that from fans get a lot of hate for some odd reason. And for some good reason, guys like LeBron James, guys like Tom Brady, guys that have just done their job and have dominated the game. The only thing that I could say about those guys, there was one point that I couldn't stand. And now you come to a point that you're saying you just got to admire and appreciate the greatness. Then you got other guys in the in, in the sports world that you just don't like because they always whine, they always are complaining, they're always worrying about somebody else. And there are two guys specifically. I'm not talking about one of them, but one of them is in this conversation. It's Aaron Rodgers and Kevin Durant. That's just how I compare this to in the sense of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers reminds me of the Kevin Durant of the NFL. So talented, so amazing, yet gets injured, but also worries what other people think about him. Where you have guys like LeBron, you have guys like Brady that are unbelievable, all-time greats, some – we already know Brady's the greatest of all time in the NFL. LeBron could go down as the greatest of all time. But one thing that they both have in common, and that's not the ranks, not the greatness. They don't let anybody anything bother them. They just they block it, it out. They just block it out and let it and, and let it walk out. See a one through one air and out the other. That's all it does for those two. That's why they're still playing, still at a high level. And you got guys like Rodgers and Kevin Durant who continuously are going after the media or always their perception, they hate that their perception is getting picked apart at times by these fans, by the media. So I ask you guys, should Rodgers really be worrying about the media, about what they say, or should he be worrying about his play? Because he has a huge week this week against the San Francisco 49ers, a team that he has struggled with at times. So, Ted, should Rodgers be worrying about the media or his play? Well, the obvious answer is no, you know, because we just want our athletes to shut up and dribble. I do like it sometimes, though. I do because for us, it gives us something to talk about. This is we like this stuff. Now, you're right with the comparison. You're spot on with Kevin Durant and Rogers because they both, talent-wise, could be the most talented players ever in their sport. The, yeah, the way Rogers plays the game at quarterback and the way he throws the ball is flawless. His mm -hmm. skill level is almost unmatchable. 
And the same with Kevin Durant. You could say Kevin Durant is the most impossible person to guard in basketball. Even harder than Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron. 6'11", 7 foot, his jumper is flawless, his athleticism. But they let all the outside noises go. And we talked about this, Trev, quick last night. Tom Brady would never even consider – I mean, even the stuff that's going on right now, and we'll talk about it next week with the Guerrero and Belichick because that's – I mean, if you – there's talk about now. Next week is all Tom Brady and Belichick. That's the big game. Oh, next man. Week. Well, you know what we're talking about next week, boys. I mean, that's 24 7 next week. But even you watch Brady, how he answers the questions, it's masterful. And it's the same way as he is on the field. So I, I watch Rodgers. I would ask this question then. Okay, so he really doesn't think or cares about the media. So why have we heard for the past three days him talking to the media? I don't give a crap yes. if he's $100 million in the bank. I don't care if he's a Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, guess what? When he was a Super Bowl MVP, I was still in damn high school. So get yeah. over that BS. He cares about what the media thinks because he's always going back and forth, and he's well, bitching and moaning, and that's what he's done. Well, here, here's the thing. Do you really think he cares about the media? Obviously, because he wants his perception to be a good guy. They don't want well, to, you, Nobody wants to be the bad guy. Unless well, Trev, here's the thing. If, you, if, if, ever, if the person who's making that – statement is partly correct but here's the other thing if you watch his press conference on sunday after the game talking about trolls and stuff and then you watch his press content press conference on wednesday he kind of walked the road back he kind of walked backwards and said listen he he understands that people have a platform to speak on it okay foreign players he his perception though is when people are talking about that he doesn't care about football when he really does care about football because if he didn't, he would not be there. And listen, Trip, we're the same way. People make statements and we want to come back. It takes a bigger man sometimes to just kind of just brush it off, you know, shrug it off the shoulders. Rodgers is the type of guy where if you say something to him, he's not going to bite his tongue. He's going to let his opinion be no, known. I understand, but here's another and thing. I think it does motivate him in that sense. To be better and to and to prove critics wrong. But Joe, here's a, here's another thing. What did we talk about most this entire NFL offseason? Talked about Aaron Rodgers, right? What we talked yeah. about was if Aaron Rodgers was going to play or not, or is he going to be on another team? It's just like how will Kevin Durant or doing a TV show. He's a media guy. He does commercials. He's he's in Hollywood. So yeah, he's, Hollywood. He's very Maybe. obsessed with the media his personification, the way he's portrayed in the media, those things are all weighing heavily on him. That comment, by the way, was from Sander. I love Sander, but Sander equates guys who make a lot of money with being great, and those things aren't necessarily commiserate. I'm not saying he's Well, not as you great. just we pointed don't... out, he hasn't won a Super Bowl since yeah. you were in high school, and you're a big boy now, so it's been a long damn time. It's been 10 years. I, I was listening to uh, uh, ESPN this morning. That clown show and uh, you know one the the uh, the, the three geniuses in the morning. Uh, oh, well, I know he's talking about. Yeah, and, and he said he yeah. said you just got to stop paying attention to social media. It's everywhere, and it's the only way you connect with fans. Shut up! You're you're very aware of what's being said about you. When it was newspapers, it was the same thing. Babe Ruth read the newspapers. Joe DiMaggio read the newspaper. So to think that Giancarlo Stanton or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or 
or, or, or LBJ, any of these guys aren't reading? Are you out of your mind? Can you imagine if somebody was writing an article about you every single day? You wouldn't read it? Better yet, there's a dozen publications in town all writing articles about you. You're going to not read any of that? I was, dare you. And Rogers is just one of those guys that speaks on because that's who he is personality-wise. Other guys don't. Listen, he is a – Joe, you said it right. He's a Hollywood guy. He's a TV guy. Not that, that Tom Brady isn't, but that's who Rogers is. Listen, we all have friends where, like, people – incidents happen or, and, or people say – crap and you kind of just bite your tongue and then there's other people that come back and you're like and it makes the situation worse and it kind of it kind of makes their point even more valid you know what i mean you're like why don't you just shut up but that's not who he is and but i get what he's saying because i listened to all three of his press conferences i listened to the sunday one you know where he was like yeah i got you guys i told you i was i was good and i'm great and, and then but then you listen to wednesdays and he's like listen i understand everyone has a platform people are going to talk about me but I want the truth to come out. That's the thing. He want, he thinks that a lot of the stuff that comes out is lies. Listen, people are looking for a story every day. You're trying to get inside scoops. You're trying to figure out where a guy's going, what's he doing. And, you know, you're trying to get into these guys' minds and understand where they're coming from. You know, can you imagine being Aaron Rodgers and like you're out with your fiance in the water and you're not like, listen. There's certain things he wasn't happy about. I mean, he said, I mean, listen to the Pat McAfee show. He's talked about things. Like, listen, I wasn't pissed off at certain things. It was just the way things went about. You know, it's no different than uh, uh, we all have jobs and certain things go on. And, you know, sometimes you have an opinion it's about really, it, but sometimes you don't speak you about do it in a while. You can do it behind closed doors. You don't have to always say it in public and stuff like that. And that's the problem. That's why guys like LeBron and, and Brady do their thing behind closed doors. And then you got guys. But does like this put more pressure on the team? I would ask you both by him speaking about situations. Does this put more pressure or onus on the team? And there's going to be pressure on this team the entire season because of the way he handled uh, the way both parties, I should say, not just Aaron Rodgers, but the Green Bay Packers organization this year, this offseason, how they handled this whole situation throughout the entire offseason. So the pressure is going to be on this team no matter what happens. And on top of it, they're just coming off of two NFC championship before, uh, appearances. So the higher, the only highest you could go is to get to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. You can't go any far. You can't go back. You can't take a step back. And knowing that Aaron Rodgers' time as a Green Bay Packer looks to be coming up by the end of this year, the pressure is going to be on this team. This is going to be one of the most watched teams of the entire NFL season because of Aaron Rodgers, because of the whole situation that that was handled throughout the offseason. And they got to just they got to figure it out. Because, yeah, they won on Monday night, but who cares? It's the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions are not going to be going anywhere. They played a tough game, but there's a lot of concerns for this team. And to Rodgers just adding more to it just feels like he's adding more fuel to the fire. Yeah, listen, Aaron Rodgers needs to start playing better, and he needs to get concerned about his team. But, the I mean, listen, you're the quarterback of a – of a contender, number one, and of a legendary franchise in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course you're going to be a bit of a media personality. It would be silly to think you wouldn't be. There's nothing going on wouldn't. in Green Bay. Right. <laughs> I mean, not for nothing, like, half the city owns the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, those people are super invested. They've got questions for the quarterback who, you know, doesn't seem like he's all in. 
Those are all legitimate things. So, yeah, he should worry about the media. You need to worry about what the fans think. Because I, I, it will come back to I, bite you eventually. Listen, he played the perfect team this week. To finish up my thought, he played the perfect team this week to get to get back on the right track, the Detroit Lions. The, the, my thing is this. I don't worry about Aaron Rodgers. I really have never worried about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks. Go look at his stats. He's flawless. What I would be worried about, and I know we'll talk about down the road, is their defense Mm. against Jameis Winston and Jared Goff. They've gotten lit up. Now, that score was Monday night. I watched the game. It was a lot closer. There was a point where it was 21-17. Dan Campbell could have kicked the field goal to make it 21-20. He chose to go for it on fourth and one. I would have ran the ball if you were going to. I didn't like the pass pattern that they, they configured, but they didn't score. And then, you know, Green Bay came down, make it 28-17, and then we know what the final score was. But we know if you're going to get back on the right track for the Green Bay Packers, the Detroit Lions are the perfect team to play. Well, so and, this, and, this, and this week against the 49ers, who they do not play well against because it's a team that's very physical, punch you in the mouth. They don't match up well, but it will be a great test for Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers. And, hey, listen, this could be a uh, championship game down the road, depending on how things plan out. Well, speaking of championship Sunday and, and championship matchups and true test of a matchups, well, we got the perfect matchup in the NFC. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been riding sky high since last year, since Trev predicted them to win a Super Bowl, and everybody thought he was crazy. But they ran house. They're on a 10-game winning streak. Now they go into maybe their true test of a matchup, Going into where Super Bowl 56 actually will be played this year. And that is against the Los Angeles Rams, the new look Los Angeles Rams, a team led by Matthew Stafford who's been playing great. This team overall has been playing great. Cooper Cup looks like a number one receiver. This team has all the makings of a team that can dethrone the champs right now. So the Bucs, we've seen them in the first two weeks. Their offense, well, as per usual, as scripted, looks amazing and looks like it's not going anywhere. Yes, they will be out with Antonio Brown because of COVID rules, but that's fine. They still have Godwin. They still got Gronk. They still have Mike Evans. They still have a boatload of weapons on that offense. My thing is, is that defense. It's not the same defense that we've seen at Super Bowl 55. It, it looks like a defense that has been getting lit up so far. Dallas, Dak Prescott, torched them. Matt Ryan even did pretty well against them at times, scoring 20 Except for the two pick sixes, they were right there. They were within what? Yeah, Matt, Ryan's, Matt, Matt Ryan's lead receiver is Mario Edwards from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with two touchdowns, two pick sixes. Think about that. But you see this matchup. This is a potential NFC championship matchup. And there's a lot of great matchups this week. And we just talked about the Packers. They're playing the 49ers. We're not going to get into that game. You also got the Chiefs and Chargers, a true test for the Chargers. Are they going to start off one and two? And then you got the Monday night game in the NFC East between the Cowboys and the Eagles. But this is the matchup that we want to focus on this week because this is the NFC, possibly NFC championship preview. So I'll ask Ted. I'll start with Ted. Have the Bucs met their match with this weekend's matchup against the new look Los Angeles Rams? Say that again. I apologize because I was reading something. I did hear was is this their this the best matchup? Oh, I said no, this have is they met their, have they met their match? How about you pay attention? 
pay attention and then you can wait. Look up what else are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing <laughs> right now? I'll ask you a question. What else could you be doing right now? Well, I was reading a stat stats about the game this week that Matthew Stafford was second in passing yards the first two games for the Rams, only behind Sam Bradford at 631. Matthew Stafford has played great. This offense has played really well. Um, this, if you go back to the matchup last year, the Rams defense shut down Brady in this offense last year. Now, I know this is a much different team than it was last year. They have built such a chemistry. You could just see it in Brady's – just his whole persona and the way the offense is run. You could see that they're all on the same page. It's, it's so much smoother. They The chemistry is there where last year, you know, listen, there was COVID, the way the whole season, new quarterback, new system. The Rams play, I believe, the second most zone coverage in the league. And it gives Brady fits because their eyes are on Brady. They have the defensive line to give Brady pressure with Aaron Donalds and Brockers. They have the, the secondary to match up with these guys. This this is my – I believe I had this as my NFC Conference Championship and I had the Bucs winning. Um, and I think partly due to the Bucs having the number one seed. Brady's won in 41 different stadiums. Of course, he hasn't played in this stadium, so this will be a new challenge for him. But, Joe, we've talked about it before. This is why you bring Matthew Stafford in. This is why you bring Matthew Stafford in over Jared Goff, to win games like this. Significant. And I think this game has, you know, I know it's a 17-week season, but week three, you look back at certain games, you wonder why a team had the one-tier two seed. You know, this game could be a telling story. Well, Listen, let me go ahead, buddy. If the Bucs Bucks win this game, when do you see the Bucs losing? Next week. They're not losing to the Patriots. Here, here's my thing. I think the Bucs lose this week. And I think it's because maybe some of these guys are overlooking the game for next week because next week seems oh, no like no way. You think break? Come on, this is the same thing I say about. This is the same thing that people said about the Super Bowl hangover. Do we realize who the quarterback? Is? No, no, no. I'm not saying Tom Brady, but I'm saying he other guys. Listen, all the sports right now. Listen, this it's not looking past anybody, and especially it seems well, like hey, Los Angeles, who has been, who has that. Listen, it's human instinct. Listen, it's human instinct. We see it all the time. Teams. Teams lose games because they're looking ahead of another big game. These are two major, major games. Next week seems like the preview to the Super Bowl, even though it's just a regular season game. Do you understand how many eyes are going to be on next week's game, New England? I mean, does it not feel like the biggest regular season game next week in, like, the last 20 years? I mean, oh, it seems oh, huge. Oh, oh, now, but I think this is the perfect matchup in the sense of, the Rams have the number one defense right now and the number one scoring defense against the number one scoring offense. This is a perfect matchup. I mean, you get the best defensive player in Aaron Donald who can give pressure on Tom Brady. And if you notice, Tom Brady with pressure and non-pressure, he has the biggest drop-off from when he doesn't have pressure as QBR to when he is pressured. And we know that as Giant fans. So if Aaron Donald on that defense can get pressure up the middle and move Brady off his spot, I think the Rams can showcase their skills and win this game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think the Rams pull this one out. I really do. You just love the you just love them. That's why. I don't love them. I just Joe. I, I look at the bigger picture. I look at the Ram the Bucks losing because their defense is not as good as where it was last well, year. Doesn't mean they can't turn it on because the talent is there. But here's what I will say, and I'll finish on this so Joe can get to his point. The if there is a weakness on the Buccaneers right now, it's their secondary. 
you can you can move the ball through the air on their secondary. So if Matthew Stafford is able to have time in the pocket, he'll be able to light them up a little. I believe he not light them up like crazy three four hundred yards, but I could see him going two seventy five with two touchdowns. Joe, what do we think? Well, yeah, I mean, the secondary is a problem. The Sean Murphy bunting injury uh, really hurt them as far as, you know, he played nickel and and he's like a turnover machine, a mm -hmm. uh, very disruptive player. And, and it seems to me that he's because otherwise this is the exact same defense that was in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was. And we know how good it is. So like Teddy said, I mean, these guys are capable of turning it on, but. You know, again, I think I think uh, Bunting Murphy's injury, you know that that's it's a pretty substantial loss for this defense. Yep. Um, that he's said, physical, he's a physical corner. Yeah. That said, I I do think that the Bucks pull out a close one here, and the reason why I say that, Ted, you're gonna hate this. He's laughing. <laughs> I just. I'm just not ready to anoint Matthew Stafford. If he if he wins this one, I'll be on the Stafford train officially. He's got to wait for a big win. He's got to wait. I, I tell you, the, the, the line came out, and I know, Trev, you hate to hear about this because you're not – but the line came spread. out with the Rams favored at minus two and a half. Oh, it it went within 24 hours to the Bucks favored by two and a half. Now I believe the line is back down to minus one and a half favored by the Bucks. So – I know you don't really care about that, but that just speaks a volume of where people's minds and money is at with regards to these two teams. Because the I think Bucks are, Bucks, team, Bucks are the best team in the NFL. Oh, absolutely! But this is this is a proving point for the Rams. They're home. No, this is why you bring Stafford in. A, hold on, this is not a proving point for the Rams. This is simple because the Rams have been here for quite some time. They've been a perennial NFC contender since Sean McVay has taken the, taken a stand. This is all in. On yeah, Matthew but don't you Stafford. think they're no, a better team now? No, no, but this is what it all comes down to. This is all on Matthew Stafford. We draft, we traded for you, traded our entire future on top of all the future that we already gave away a long time ago for guys like Jalen Ramsey and stuff. So then they don't have a first round draft pick. We traded all of this for you for moments like this, for situations like this. Guess what? Your time in Detroit, it's over with. Now you're in a happy, you're in happy, happy land. You're in a happy, happy place. You need your own happy place. Come well, on, Matthew happy Stafford's got, his, happy happy Stafford's got his own happy place now. He's in LA. Now you're going against the champs. And probably maybe besides next week, maybe one of the most watched games of the entire regular season this weekend. It's time for you to deliver that we've all been hearing that that oh well Matthew Stafford played for Detroit. Well, this is it. This is finally your opportunity to put your talents on display against the GOAT and the team that, to many, could repeat as Super Bowl champs. This all comes on Matthew Stafford. The Rams are going to play their game. The defense is going to play their game. They're going to punch them in the mouth. They're going to get after Brady. The offense is going to do the thing. But it comes down to Matthew Stafford. That's the one person that we've talked about this entire offseason, and he's one of the top ten players that we all had in our list that faced the most pressure coming in because he came to a team from – well, he went from nothing to a team that has a chance to win a championship. It's on you, Mr. Matthew Stafford, and now you have the opportunity to put your talents on display against the champs. That's what I got. You, so you guys both think the Bucs win? 
I mean, I'm not changing my mind about the Bucks. I've been on the Bucks for since last. I'm not a Bucks fan, but I've been picking the Bucks because I just see how great this team is. When you got a guy like Tom Brady, you're in any game, and trust me, they're taking one game at a time. They're not thinking about next week because when you got a guy like Brady at the stand at the helm, they're not thinking about. Next I just week. think the Rams can. I just think the Rams can. can the Rams win? win. Here's the thing: Jared Goff. Jared Goff beat them last year. Yes, the Rams. Jared Goff beat them last year in Tampa. Now, I know, Trevin, you're 100% right. This is not the same team, the Bucks team we're talking about. But I also think the Rams team is better, too, with Matthew, Matthew Stafford. And and overall, I think this team is better. Now, yeah. and I think – I don't think – I believe that this Rams team has the defense to match up with the Buccaneers' offense. And that's the key. Can you match up because the Bucs have so many weapons, Trev, like you said, with Gronk, with Evans, with Godwin, with Scotty Miller, with O.J. Howard, with Kim, you know what I mean? They have pieces. I think the only way the Bucs win is if they're able to run the ball, and that's a question mark for them so far this season because they have not been able to officially run the ball. You know, and listen, because how long do we really think Tom Brady is going to be throwing for four or five touchdowns a week and 300 yards? Uh, I mean, do we really, uh, do we really think he's going to He's my fantasy quarterback, so I don't really so, care. Listen, here, here's here's my question this week. I got a question before we get to the last question. This is yeah, a true for you. I have Matt Ryan and Tom Brady. Matt Ryan's playing the Giants this week. Tom Brady's playing the Rams. Who are you starting at fantasy? Brady. I don't know. Starting Bra- I have Brady and Rodgers. Who do you think I should take? Rod. Oh, I would start Rodgers. I know I'm in a situation on one of my teams where I was considering Matt Ryan – Oh, maybe over Justin Herbert. Herbert yeah, because Herbert's the, playing the Herbert Chiefs. Plays the Chiefs, which that Chiefs defense hasn't looked that great. So yeah, but you know what? The, opportunistic. I got the Bills against. I think, and they're motivated after last week. I got loss. some tough quarterback decisions to make because I got Josh Allen going against the football team, and I got Herbert against the Chiefs. So I don't know. Oh, go go with Josh Allen. Matthew Barry loves Josh Allen this really week. Great. All right. So you was talking about Matt Ryan. I'm glad you brought up Matt Ryan because there's two teams that – we just talked about two teams that look like they're going to be in the Final Four, maybe even on Super Bowl Sunday. We're going to go all the way to two teams that could be in the Final Four of the NFL draft. You mean the first four. You mean the first four. The first four, (laughs) I should say yes, the first four or even the number one pick. And it's it's unfortunate because one of those teams is our New York Giants. Well, we've seen the first two weeks. Last week – Heartbreaking, not surprising though. Typical giant performance. First week, another typical giant performance. No emotion, no energy, and just look flat. Well, last week they had a little more bounce to their step. Daniel Jones having his best game maybe yet to date against the Washington football team and looking like he's he's performing well so far. He's actually has the second highest quarterback QBR, only behind Brady and PFF. And he's got like the and he's got the fourth most quarter uh, fantasy points. And he's, he's got the third most rushing yards. Daniel Jones has been performing, and this is a, a game that the Giants look like they can win, and this could be the Saquon game. But also, we have to take a, take into consideration the situation that's surrounding this game. This is the day that Eli us, Manning. our great Hall of Fame quarterback, yes, Hall of Fame quarterback, Eli Manning, will be getting his number 10 retired. I'm thinking about going to the game. I so would love to have gone by to By myself. Game. Yeah, go, good luck. I might, just call, I might just call out of work and go. Yeah, the tickets were bad. I looked. But there is a possibility, ladies and gentlemen, that with 0-3 looming, what should the Giants do and how should they prepare for the future? If so, 
that dreadful 0-3 record comes about. I'll put it this way. Um, also, Eli Manning's first start was November 21st yes. against the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons. They lost. They lost. Right. Yep. Yes. Um, so it's pretty remarkable that it's staying. I wish I could be at this game. I think it's it's going to be a hell of a crowd. This, this is for the Giants. For us, this is all about the Giants. This is can we build off of last week and can we make least – can we make – we should win this game. The Falcons, I believe, have given up the most points in any uh, – on defense against anyone in the league this year. No one's given up more points. Their defense is not good. You know, we know their offense could put up points. They got Ridley. They got Matthew Ryan. They got Kyle Pitts. I want to see an improved Giants defense. I want to see – the thing I want to see about the Giants the most this week is less less mistakes through penalties. And and can we develop a running game other than our quarterback? Because the Giants actually have a worse defense than the Falcons right now. How is that? I don't not yeah. Giants, what, have given, Giants have given up 413 yards per game in two games. The Falcons have given yeah. up uh 387. But I don't care about the yards. I care about points. And the and the Falcons have given up, I believe, 67 points in two games. The Giants 80, have 80 points. 80. They've given up 40 points a game in two games. <laughs> How many of the Giants have given up? Uh, 28 and a half. All right. Once so you've got to so give. So, so something's got to give. I, I don't know what to say. I believe both of these teams will be picking in the top ten next year. I, I'm, I'm rooting every week against the Bears too. Every week, let's go Browns this week. Beat the hell hope, out of the Browns. I hope Justin Fields plays well though. I hope yeah, well. I, uh, yeah, me too. But he's not. I hope the Browns dominate. We're gonna need every pick we can get next year. Um, I said something yesterday too. I think the Giants realistically have to think big this year in the sense of trading Barkley. Or trading him in the offseason. No, I think, can, I think the Giants have to a bigger pitcher to where this team is at. I you cannot sign a running back big money. He's gonna want a certain amount of money. And I know this is about the game, but I think you said prepare for the future. If if Daniel Jones is our future, Daniel Jones has to be our future. He has to play like he did last week every week for the Giants to have an opportunity. Saquon Barkley is not our future, guys. I'm sad to say it, and I don't want to see him go, but I think the Giants have to look at the bigger picture. You can't pay him that type of money. Just look at Zeke in Dallas. Look at Gurley for the Rams. You know, I mean, McCaffrey, listen, I love him. McCaffrey's the best, might be the best offensive player in the entire league. He just, again, I'm sad to say he got hurt again. I mean, a hamstring, it happens. It's just unfortunate. Because he is dynamic. He's the best offensive player in the league. I'm sorry. He's so good. He, he can do anything, and he, and he dictates everything well, else. You already know how I feel about CMC. But yeah. I think Joe would agree that if depending on what happens at the season, and I, I believe we all agree right now that the Giants don't look like a playoff team. Though they can make the playoffs last year. We've seen it. They almost made the playoffs last year. You know, the year they won the Super Bowl, they started out 0-2. Can they win the next couple games? I mean, they got Falcons this week, Saints the following week, and then I believe Dallas and the Rams. You know, you can win the next three games in a row. You, I, my perception could change. I just want to see a better overall game for the Giants. I want to see everything put together. I want to see the defense play like they did last year. I want to see the running game to come back to form. And and I just want to see the less mental mistakes. You know what I mean? Let's Let's – Let's not beat ourselves. If someone's going to beat us, let them just beat us. Enough teams do that to us. Can we just not beat ourselves? You know, can we just find a way not to screw it up? You're asking a lot there. 
Well, you know, listen, we we have seen this team find amazing ways to lose over the last couple of years. And really since the late seventies, the giants, you know, take out some successful runs in the eighties and uh, during the Eli run, it's, it's pretty much, that's what it's been. And this is a, this is one of those games where the giants should win. There's every reason to think they will win. And typically when you get into those games, they end up finding an amazing way to lose it in the last 10, 20 seconds of the game. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll say this. Atlanta's offensive line is atrocious. If you think the Giants have a bad offensive line and have offensive line issues, where do you get a look at these guys? (laughs) The problem, the problem though, is I see it, Teddy, is we don't have the pass rush to take advantage of how bad that offensive line is. That's my biggest concern. That's why I want to start Matty Ryan because I feel like he's going to have all day back there to throw. Imagine if we drafted Mika Parsons, Micah Parsons, Trev. He could be our pass rusher. Imagine yeah. if we had Rashawn Slater. He could have yeah. been our tackle. This it's just because the Giants did just lose two of their linemen. Nick Gates might be a career-ending injury. And um, and then Shane Lemieux is out with a – That's, a, that's another thing that the Giants attended. have to prepare for is the future of draft – I mean, the draft picks that they've took in the past couple How many screw-ups have we had? There have been some questionable – even when, even starting with the Jerry uh, – Jerry Rice. I mean, Jerry Reese days <laughs> of them selecting guys like Eli Apple and just Evan Ingram, a guy like that where you probably didn't need to. Saquon Barkley could be in that mention if he doesn't if, – if they end up trading him or he doesn't just pan out, that could be a, uh, the, one of the big – Talking points for in giant history. Kadarius Tony's could be added to this list right now. Andrew I mean, Thomas. Andrew Thomas has actually been playing very well so far in the first two games. Hasn't given up a sack. So I'm not saying anything bad about Andrew no. Thomas right now. He's been playing well. Knock on wood. He's been playing well so far. And that's a good sign to see. My thing is with the draft picks, they have to figure out. That's another situation why the Giants have been in situations like this where they've been losing. The draft picks haven't hit. They haven't panned out, and it's just it's just been a huge discombobulated mess. The Kadarius Tony pick looks dumber and dumber each passing week. I think he just hurt his ankle too in practice this week. I yes, in the post last night. Um, and then I heard Judge had to talk with him with regards to the offense. This will be like a guy that they signed this offseason, John Ross. Speed could do it all in college. Won't ever pan out. In the also, you guys saw that Kenny Galladay came out and did say that he was yelling at Garrett. Yeah, it wasn't Daniel Jones. It was Jason yeah. Garrett. But you Jason Garrett, best- said he, Jason Garrett said he understands. It's it's you know frustration. The, the, yeah, the best part of that story was when everybody thought he was yelling at Daniel Jones. People were like, "Oh no, you the discontented wide receiver." And then he was like, "No, no, I was yelling at Jason Garrett." And everybody collectively was like, oh, yeah, okay. And that was the end of it. That's the end of it. I guess that's good, though, right? It is good on the one hand. But, again, it's like I guess we all universally know Jason Garrett's an idiot. And why he still continues to call plays for the Giants beyond all of us, I suppose. Because I think think that Jason Garrett's trying to screw us. I'll tell you, he's, he's still a Dallas guy. Giants got to figure it out. This is a Could much be. this is a much needed victory because if they don't win this game, guys, I don't know when the Giants will win a game. I could see if they don't win this game, it could be a long 17 game season, and that's not a good sign for 
Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, you know, definitely Coach Joe Judge. Jason I got Gale, news for you, Dave buddy. Kettleman. It's going to be a long season, whether the Giants win this game or yeah. lose this game. If they blow Atlanta out by 40, it's still going to be a long season because they still got to try to win next week. The Giants never do that. But listen, I just want to see overall better play like we did last year. Even when they were losing at the end of the season or they, they were still fighting, competing, and playing better as a team. Well, you want to know the – hold on. Before we end the show, I'll give – Let me guess. Falcons, Saints, Cowboys, Rams, right? Yeah, Carolina home at the Chiefs, against the Raiders, at the Bucks, Eagles, at Dolphins, at Chargers, Cowboys, at Eagles, at Bears. Guys, I look at that schedule right now with the way this team is. I, I see. I, I see the Falcons. I, I see the Falcons. I see the Falcons and the Bears as the only. I wins don't even see right five. Now. I don't even see maybe four or five wins. But you know what though? We don't see it, and then we're gonna look back but at yeah, it. I, no, like, I know. That was the Giants. I know. I know. I know. Listen, because happens, the Giants but... lose games they're not supposed to, and then they win games they're not supposed to. That yeah, is they're the gonna go into Arrow, They're gonna go into Arrowhead. They're gonna go into Tampa, and they're gonna beat the Bucks when the Bucks have been like on a 19 game winning streak, and they're gonna beat the Bucks on Monday night. Oh, Trev, you'll be, Trev, you'll be flying home that night. Um, what? The Giants Bucks game. Oh man, I get to be watching on the plane. Yeah, oh, yeah no, you'll be landing. You'll be landing at halftime. I'll watch it on the plane. Joe, uh, Joe, he's coming up for Dad's Hall of Fame thing, so we'll have to meet up. Oh, heck yeah. Joe, I haven't seen, Joe, I haven't seen you in over – I don't even know. He's up here from November 18th to the 21st, and my dad's getting inducted to the West Haven Hall of Fame. 22nd. 22nd, whatever. So we'll have to set up something. Trev, maybe we'll bring him – we were talking about maybe that Sunday. We'll go down maybe that Randall. Monday. Maybe we'll have Joe come down for the Sunday 1 o'clock games at Randall's. Maybe that Monday, too. Never know. Maybe we want to go. But maybe we'll see what happens. Just stay with you guys for the weekend. <laughs> we got room. Yeah. That'd be, that'd Let's be do it up. <laughs> yeah. Well, but we'll see what happens. A huge weekend in college football as well. A huge weekend for New York baseball fans or New York Yankee fans, I should say. And a huge weekend for New York Giant fans. A lot is happening right now in the sports world. We'll see how it happens. We'll be back next week to discuss all of week three. Do the Giants finish and start off 0-3, or do they get finally a win for Eli? Let's hope that they win for Captain E. Can only hope. And we'll see how the Yankees pan out in Fenway. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Keys of the City. We are streaming on all social media platforms at Keys of the City. So comment, like, subscribe, or share. Clovercrest Media presents Keys of the City. We are out. Yeah. To the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcast and cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We unlocking the statements. Streaming every Friday.